This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Playing it a line drive, left field, Ben and Teddy coming on, dives! And did he make the catch? He did! He got it! Here we go. Time to party. Right here. 3-2. High the away! He crushed it! It's a grand slam! Swing and miss, century, it's over! The Red Sox have won the world championship! Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, or not so late, it's only 6.20 p.m. Sunday, but for everyone on Periscope right now, the podcast, as always, can be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and like I didn't mention earlier, this is take four for the iTunes crowd, um, but yeah, the link to your uh, Apple Podcast feed is right above the video window. Click that, subscribe. All of our shows can be found right there. So... Uh, for everyone on iTunes, we've already talked to the uh, Twitter crowd again. Liz Churchville and I are hosting this show, and we are live in person. Live in person. First and time ever. Yeah, we've uh, been followers on uh, Twitter for at least three or four years. Something like that, been, yeah. Been I was trying to figure out when that all started on my original Twitter handle, which will remain uh, nameless. <laughs> um, but then when I started my vegan sports chick one, uh, that was really more where I was active. And, of course, we connected there, and here we are. Yeah, and so we're going to be going over uh, some uh, Red Sox stuff, some wild card stuff, and maybe one or two random things uh, mixed in. And I also want to point out uh, there is some uh, background audio from the ventilation system. We are aware of it, but it's a warm day. There's nothing we can do about it. So for this show only, you'll have a little bit of background, and we hope that uh, you're able to hang out with us normal uh, settings uh, for either the midweek or the Sunday show, whatever we do. So the Red Sox have um, so far played three games against Liz's Tampa Bay Rays. And... I don't know if you can see that or not, but I'm actually wearing my jersey. (laughs) I'm wrapping my Bogarts jersey. Um, But you guys have taken two out of three. Uh, So far, you're a half a game behind the second wild card. Whatever happens with Cleveland tonight, if they lose, you'll be tied for that. But big series against the Red Sox, Mm -hmm. probably. You do have two games left against the Yankees, so Mm -hmm. I don't know which one uh, you fear most. Maybe Red Sox pitching is a little, um, you know, a little bit. Shakier? Yes, so. (laughs) But four games with us, two versus them. Mm -hmm. So happy to take two out of three, I would imagine. Oh, I mean, definitely. I I really felt like they're probably going to take three of four. And, I mean, I hope today is just that one that I think they're going to lose anyway. Uh, I mean, Vasquez, you know, took it 
took it pretty strong in the first, and I was kind of surprised that Cash left Yarbrough in when he did. But I guess at this point, you know, why do we want to wear out our bullpen when we've got you guys tomorrow? And then, like you said, the Yankees, those two games, I, I really hate that we're playing them. But uh, if we can at least win one of those two, like, I'll feel lucky. But honestly, I mean, we play the Blue Jays three games after that, and obviously they suck. But at the same time, like, I can't count that as a sweep. I just can't. Like, having seen them play, I mean, they're a gritty team, too. You know, they're they're still playing to win, and uh, I feel like they could come out and take it from us. And I really hope that's not true, but it's totally possible. It has Snell come back yet and made an actual start? Uh, oh, actually, I'll answer my own question yeah, right now. Okay. He, he starts tomorrow yeah. against the Red Sox. Red Sox are starting Julius Chassin, who's basically been a multi-inning opener. I think he's gone two, three, maybe even a fourth inning. Um, but this is a big start for Snell tomorrow because it's still, regardless of whether the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs. It is the number one offense in Major League Baseball. So yeah. this will be a good temperature check for Snell coming into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it could go either way for him. I mean, uh, coming back from his toe injury, he wasn't the same for a couple starts. And now is just not the time for that. And plus, like him leaving for the reason that he did with the bodies and his elbow or whatever that's called i don't know the loose bodies loose bodies yeah Doesn't that I sound don't know. creepy loose bodies no, 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 like he's weird. got bodies in his elbow very weird to me very weird yeah but, um nathan avaldi had that same issue this year yeah that scared me actually that he wasn't going to be back and uh, snell not being his normal Cy young self or at least what he was at the beginning of the season is not good like that's not going to help us but and glass now like came back and did like not okay i mean okay but certainly not what he was pre-injury either so i mean at least our starting uh or our bullpen you know our starters our uh, openers and everything are still fairly solid and everything but i don't know it's all up in the air but i'm optimistic i mean i feel like this is a young hungry team and just talking about being up against the number one offense uh in the league right now i was looking at the raise numbers and none of the batters actually have a batting average above 290 which i found really really surprising not a single one not even meadows i think meadows is like 286 or something like that very surprising yeah you've definitely been getting it done with uh, a lot of pitching so um, I have Glassnow's numbers up right here. Let's see. He did pitch yeah, he only three, pitched three innings, three innings yeah. but uh, didn't give up uh, an earned run. In fact, he's he gave up two earned runs in uh, his first appearance back, faced nine batters in two innings. Since then, he's been scoreless in his other two starts. So mm-hmm. that, to me, would be a little encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll get... He'll get tuned up a little bit more, but obviously with things being as tight as they are, there could very well be a game 163 uh, versus the two wild card teams to go into the wild card game. The Cubs and uh, the Brewers did that last year, and then of course the Cubs lost that, went into the one game wild card against the Rockies, and then lost that one. And uh, the Brewers and the uh, Rockies ended up playing the NLDS. So that could be interesting. I'm guessing, I mean, who's your best starter right now? If just We'll just say it's going to be a wild card game for now. Let's just say you keep the, the two seed, let's say. Are you going with Snell or are you going with Morton? 
Probably Morton. I mean, Morton's got to be the best. And uh, right behind him until today would have been Yarborough, honestly. Mm-hmm. But Yarborough, like, was just hit a rough patch. I mean, it happens. But, but yeah, definitely Morton. No question. Yep. I'm surprised they kept Morton. I really thought they were going to use him to trade and get somebody else. But the fact that he's still here is is a good sign to me. Yeah. But let's throw this scenario out there. What if... What if Snell just lights the world on fire tomorrow, goes seven scoreless? Now how tough of a decision is it? Or is it still Morton? I think it's still Morton. Still Morton in the wild card? Yeah. yeah. And it's always possible Experience. to use them both, you know, in, yeah. a, in a desperate situation. But, yeah, so... Anyway, uh, some Red Sox news uh, that's kind of come out in the the last uh, couple of days. Michael Chavis will play winter ball this year, and he's going to see some reps in left field. And what makes that interesting to me is that Mookie Betts, like that paves the way for a Mookie trade. Like that, he becomes essentially the replacement and then I'm assuming Benny goes to to center field, and then Bradley, given the fact that he has a better arm, will go to right field. and it, Or it could be the other way around, but Benny is a natural center fielder, so I, I don't think he would uh, go all the way over to right. But Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Chavis has been athletic enough. I mean, he made a very seamless kind of emergency transition from first base to second base mm-hmm. and was no worse than average and maybe even was slightly above average so that gives me confidence that where he was a little versatile in that scenario transitioning to the outfield mm-hmm. might not be a uh, you know an impossible mountain I think any place you can put Chavis you need to and definitely the easiest spot would be left field like versus center or right at Fenway so I mean it seems logical to me there's nowhere for him you know necessarily in the infield uh right now or maybe not nowhere but um yeah it all depends on Dahlbeck really and I, I think they consider um Chavis to be the the more versatile of the two mm-hmm. and so He's I last I knew would be done for the season. Admittedly, I did not uh, check up on that, but I think he will be out until winter ball. But I was kind of encouraged to see that news because I'm a huge trade Mookie guy. <laughs> I don't want to drop a huge contract on him after 2020. Uh, Jeremy Schilling is kind of on my side with that. Uh, I'm not sure about Matt. Matt. Loves his Red Sox players, so I'm not going to speak for him. But um, I think that that this is is a sure sign that um, that Mookie is almost certainly going to be somewhere else next year. So um, Red Sox GM search uh, has been pretty quiet as of late. I suspect they might be waiting to see what happens with the Cubs to see if there's any Epstein fallout. Maybe he becomes available, comes back to Boston. There's rumors maybe he could be a part owner, you know, similar to like Derek Jeter, if you will. And uh, I'm not a proponent of that, but... I mean, has there ever been, I don't know, a situation where a GM has left and 
or been fired and then been brought back? I'm not sure of that. Well, Dombrowski. Oh, oh. Like well, to the same. Yeah. Um, I think Epstein technically got out of his contract. I don't think there was a oh, technically a firing. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but there sense. there was some tension though between him and ownership because Lucino kind of got in the way a little bit, mm-hmm. Larry Lucino and it wasn't like he didn't have full reign with the Red Sox much like he does the Cubs. So mm-hmm. um but I just look at some of those deals he's made with the Cubs and I, I've talked about it on recent shows. $27 million a year for Jason Hayward, who's slightly better than Jackie Bradley, if you look at the numbers. Yu uh, Darvish was a very high-risk deal. So far, that's kind of burnt them. Craig Kimbrell continues to burn them by the day. <laughs> Coughed up, a, uh, I think, a, a two-run shot, or maybe they were two solo home runs yesterday, but nonetheless cost the Cubs the game against their division rival, the Cardinals. And so some bad stuff there. And then if you look at his uh, tenure in Boston, those last few years, there were some bad deals in there. You know, Carl Crawford, who Liz <laughs> is uh, very Hilarious. familiar with. Um, the Adrian Gonzalez deal, which wasn't necessarily terrible, but he was kind of an issue in the clubhouse. He was There were reports that he was kind of acting like the clubhouse attorney and then that was also the Bobby Valentine season so that was definitely a tumultuous year on and off the field and uh, he was traded by the end of that and uh, you know a couple other deals but I will tell you since you're a Rays uh, person I don't think I celebrated a signing more than I did the night the Red Sox signed Carl Crawford. Really? Like, I was so excited for that. I had no idea what was to come, mm. which wasn't very much, but <laughs> he just made our lives hell in all of 2008. You know, he was a part of that World Series team. Hell on the base pass, mm-hmm. and I just viewed him as a very dynamic player, and I was so excited, and um didn't work out too well. And it crashed and burned. Yeah, he had... uh um, issues in Boston, tough market, as uh, many people know, and uh, went to the Dodgers, didn't really do a lot there, and I, I think he was outright released at one point, but mm-hmm. I, um, I believe so. Yeah. One of the acquisitions Epstein did do a good job with was the Ben Zobris deal. Mm. He was the World Series MVP mm-hmm. in uh, My favorite guy. T- 2016, so. As far as you know, who they might bring in. I mean, I'm thinking, because I don't know, I haven't checked, so bear with me, but is Friedman still on the table? I saw a report from someone in the Dodgers front office that they 100% expect him to be back. Okay. Yeah. But nothing on paper? Not officially yet. Mm. So... It's kind of crazy. I'm surprised he's in a lame duck season. Why Why did they let him get this far without a contract? Exactly. Yeah. And he's done an amazing job with with the Dodgers. I mean, he had, he had the bad contracts that the Red Sox dumped on them. And uh, the Yasiel Puig thing was kind of an awkward fit. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it was bad. I mean, he was one of their more productive players in the throughout the playoffs last year, including the World Series. But... You know, he got rid of those guys. I think he inherited Matt Kemp. I think that was the previous uh, GM that 
think so. Signed him. Yeah. So, you know. He pawned him off to the Padres, I guess. Yeah, and then he went to Atlanta, but then came back on a salary exchange or something. And so Friedman finally has all the junk off of his books, has a nice young roster with some payroll flexibility. I mean, this is what he's worked so hard for to build this juggernaut. Why would he leave now that he's got it? Mm hmm. I just. I mean, I don't know why he would leave, but why haven't they signed? Him no, either? and that's it. That's, that's exactly more it. my question. Yeah, not like I don't. I don't think he. I don't necessarily think he wants to leave, but I don't know why. There's no. There's nothing on paper. Like, anytime they take it up to the line, and he could get wooed away by somebody like the Sox, who clearly, you know, could pay him and also give him an almost equally good team, and he could do the very same thing. I don't know. It yeah. just seems weird to me. I'm surprised they let him go that far as well. So it's crazy, but I don't expect he's going to be uh, in play based on that report. But um, I just, I've just i just quietly been hoping they'll take a look at Tampa. Um, they'll take a look at the Astros front office, maybe even the Dodgers front office, and get maybe their second or third ranking mm-hmm. official to kind of come in with a fresher mindset uh, there is a list of names. Uh, I don't have them. There's someone tied with the Cubs, um, McC- Jason McLeod, who ironically was promoted to a higher position hours after Dombrowski was fired. <laughs> so it's like they're trying to keep him. They're like, oh, you need a raise because we don't want you going to Boston. Yeah. And and then, yeah, so th- there's Jason McLeod. There's a Brewers executive with ties to Boston. So... I hope it's it's a fresher mindset. I think as crazy as it sounds, because Theo Epstein won two World Series in Boston, one with Chicago, reversed almost 200 years worth of of curses, if you will. Um, it, it would be crazy to think you, you wouldn't want a guy like that, but I think Epstein's mindset in roster building is a little bit outdated, and... I would just rather see them get more with the times and more with the analytics in terms of roster building. I'm not huge with analytics on the field per se. I think you got to kind of ride the hot hand with certain players and and you know kind of feel it out, so to speak. But when it comes to dollar value and performance value, I I, I do think analytics is a good thing, and I don't know that Epstein necessarily embraces that. So. I, I hope we go to those other three teams that are kind of seem to have it figured out, so to speak. Atlanta would be another good team. I think fresh blood's the way to go. go taking a step back is just not going to give them what they want. And, and uh, I mean, hey, obviously, uh, I'm on the opposite you know side of it. I don't want the Sox to take anybody from the Rays, obviously, but I feel like that model is more what they need to look for. It won't be Silverman or someone like that, yeah. I don't think. But yeah. it would just be, you know. I just don't want to see someone from our organization help you guys win. You're, That's all. Like, honestly. I wish we had the ability to develop pitching like your organization does. Well, and I really thought that was going to change when uh, when uh, Hickey left. John Hickey, I think is his first name is. And he's with the Cubs. Cubs you know, now. now, yeah, he went back to work with Madden. I thought, oh, shit going to fall apart everything's going to suck i don't know what's going to happen and then it didn't no it almost got better like we almost needed somebody else so i don't know where that's coming from i don't know if it, we brought somebody up in minor leagues i don't dig that deep into it but 
we're definitely doing something right for a lot less money. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't have the tweet up right now, but I had one up just the, I think two days ago. The raised payroll right now is $60 million. Okay. I think, I think that's with injuries and stuff. On the field, it's like 52-53. Even better. So take that figure. And with the Red Sox, they're paying Pablo Sandoval, Rick Porcello, Nathan Avaldi, and Eduardo Nunez. Two of those guys who aren't even here anymore. They're paying them $61 million, more than the entire raised payroll, whichever way you want to look at it. And... It's just absolutely insane to me how much money gets wasted. So, what what's even more amazing? Just bringing up payroll because I was looking at payroll and looking at year over year as far as when they were winning versus you know the rough years when cash first started and everything and the differences. What was amazing to me is last year they got ninety wins and their payroll was only I'm rounding up here twenty six million. That's it. Twenty-six million on the field. Are you freaking kidding me right now? Shame on the Red Sox. Oh my god. Yeah. Everybody was like, Who are these minor leaguers? What the hell am I watching? Why am I paying for this? Ninety wins. That's roughly twenty-six million is roughly eleven or twelve percent of the current Red Sox overall payroll. It's just insane. And I don't think we're gonna yeah, we're not gonna get to ninety wins uh, this year as it stands anyway, so Absolutely crazy. Another big story which doesn't affect the Red Sox or the Rays, but uh, does affect another team in our division, the New York Yankees. Domingo Herman, they're basically their winningest pitcher this season. He has uh, an eight he's got eighteen wins on his record and a four point zero three ERA done for the season due to a domestic violence uh, allegation allegation I guess is what we will say details are sketchy as far as exactly what happened we don't know the nature of it or the severity of it but uh, apparently uh, it has been reported that his wife uh, initially, alerted certain people it got back to mlb and then it was decided to initially place him on a seven-day administrative leave and um a report came out uh two or three days ago that he will uh he is expected not to return in 2019 so we'll also say that MLB is the only ones investigating this. It's not a criminal matter at the moment, which kind of makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Another thing that makes it interesting is that the MLB Players Association, who is basically the union that would represent Herman in this situation, basically is not offering up any resistance whatsoever. They're not going to appeal anything. They would essentially act as Herman's lawyer, but um, apparently the union will not get involved, and he isn't coming back. So kind of uh, interesting. And, you know, it's interesting for, you know, this point in his career, and it's also interesting to know how it will affect the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, no, definitely. The fact that the Players Association isn't involved and there's been no formal charges is interesting to me. I think 
There's definitely going to be details that come. They know more than, obviously, that they're letting on. Why would they tell the public? They don't need to. So, I mean, until they at least confirm things. But with the Player Association being as strong as it is, the fact that they are hands-off, that means something to me. Yeah, but the, the weirdness is, see, if there were criminal charges, then I could see the Players Association saying, no, oh, absolutely, we won't touch this. It's a criminal matter. Something bad must have happened. But no, still no charges, but the Players Association just kind of staying away. Do you it's, think just because with other players things have kind of backfired or maybe they're focused on the Felipe Vazquez situation and mitigating that? Well, uh, true. That. And, I mean, because that's not the, I mean, I don't know what you could say is worse. I, I don't I would say the, in particular. I'll, I'll say the Vasquez. Yeah, one. Vasquez is pretty bad, but I mean, I, it's it's but, so hard to, to put a worse on one of those. But Both are, you know. PR nightmares for a team. Yeah, but both of the victims in these cases are females. Yeah. But for, for those of you who don't know, Felipe Vasquez is the closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates and allegedly solicited uh, sex from a 15-year-old. I think I, she was 13. Oh, 13? When they first started talking. Oh, I believe geez. She's 15 now. 15 now. Yeah. Okay. And that took place in the state of Florida. Is that correct? I think it actually started. She lived in Pennsylvania somewhere, but then moved to Florida. And that's why, and her mom found out when they were living in Florida, which is why the charges were filed in Florida. In Florida. But currently, uh, whatever city, I forget, uh, in Pennsylvania where it initiated also has a lawsuit or uh, uh, charges like filing against him too. So That's creepy. I wasn't, I wasn't up on the, uh, the fact that she was even younger than she was. I thought it was just something that happened recently and now they're dealing with it. Well, what's even more screwed up about that situation is I guess when the mom found out, she found the text messages and basically, I don't want to say the mom wouldn't have reported it, you know, if, if he would have answered differently. But she took the phone or maybe got his number or something from her daughter's phone and texted him and said, hey, uh, you're talking to a 15-year-old girl. And he basically was like, yeah, so. Like, he didn't <laughs> care. Like, he didn't see anything wrong with it. So, and he, he didn't deny anything. He didn't try, which, I mean, I appreciate when people that are guilty don't try to draw the process out and try to say that they're innocent. But at the same time, that just makes them so much more wrong, you know? They're yeah. not trying to hide it at all, so... It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. And the interesting thing about Vasquez was just a couple of months ago, he was very hotly pursued by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And where he had, I think, three years remaining on his deal following this season, the asking price was really high. And it should be for a reliever who has that much control left. But they couldn't make a deal and I think they must have breathed a huge sigh of relief and if the Red Sox had trade chips you know Dombrowski would have been on the phone saying <laughs> what will it take to get that guy so one of those be careful of what you wish for scenarios because uh, he would not have been pitching uh, in the in the playoffs and uh, yeah, so a couple of situations this week with Vasquez and Herman, but criminal charges with uh, with Vasquez, Felipe Vasquez, yeah. 
and uh, I think three charges overall. One of them was a solic- solicitation uh, charge, mm-hmm. and none for Herman. So um, we'll just have to follow, um, you know, the you know the developments of of each case as they come out. But I think with the Yankees. Paxton has been pitching like an ace basically since the beginning of August. Tanaka seems to have turned a corner. Uh, So they got two pitchers there. They got Luis Severino, who has come back. As far as I know, uh, he might be pitching today. Um, He had a four-scoreless inning uh, performance uh, in his return. So... I'm wondering if they'll get him stretched out enough to be a starter. Initially, I think he was uh, tabbed for long relief. But but nonetheless, three very viable pitchers that they can still, you know, use in, in a five-game series because the ALDS is, is two games shorter. So I think they'd like to have Herman. You can never have too much depth. And he certainly would have been on the roster, but... Um, but he's not going to be an option one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't wish any of those actions on anybody ever for any reason. But uh, I mean, I'm kind of glad he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds bad. I, I wish it was for another reason. Like I don't wish players to get hurt. I don't wish ill will upon any of them or or anyone in their family, obviously. But at the same time, when these things happen, um, you know, from a team standpoint, you know, I'm I'm not upset about it. I just hope the league handles it. I really think the league in general needs to get a stronger stance on it. Like, I think you got to do more than suspension. Like, I know that's probably heavy-handed, or or at least each team needs to. You know, they need to, almost like how the Patriots dropped Antonio Brown today. Like, they need, somebody needs to have a hard stance and say, you know, we're not going to tolerate this, at least so there's a little bit of a question in a player's future when they take these actions. Otherwise, I mean, when they get caught, it's never the first time. So it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good point. And going back to the Players Association, maybe domestic violence is just one area where they're just not going to mess with it. You know, they can fight steroids all day long, and steroids is essentially victimless, you know. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe that's the difference. And, and other sports could also be affecting Major League Baseball as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, other, uh, I can't think of an NFL one off the top of my head uh, recently, other than, of course, Antonio Brown. But I just, I would find it hard to believe if if they're not fa- starting to factor in all athletes as a whole yeah. to, to tackle this issue. Yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, with the NFL, violence is just a little more accepted in that culture, as painful as that is for me to say. I think it's true. And, uh, I mean, the NBA is probably, I guess, the most progressive, although I don't follow it, so I guess I really can't speak to it. But I feel like baseball is just the most, I don't want to say historic. I can't think of the word I want, but, but I feel like they should be the front runner. honestly. I mean... They have the biggest contracts, longest season. I mean, a lot of FaceTime. Kids recognize these guys. Not that 
they should be role models or anything like that. I'm, I'm not pro role model, you know, which is why I never want to meet anybody that I admire because I don't want to be disappointed oh, gee, in that. Thanks. Well, gee, thanks. Hey, no, hey, you're different. You're different. That's different. <laughs> but I mean, like, famous people, you know, I don't ever want to believe they're pieces of shit. You know, I, I want to still believe that, that, that they're great on and off the field, you know, but... But at the same time, I feel like, what kind of image does that pose? You know, does that show? It's 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 just not it's not good it's not good for the game. Baseball's already losing fans; they don't need to do something else. I feel like taking a hard stance and doing something could grow a sect of the fan base. Like, sure, it might make some people hate you, but maybe you don't want those fans anymore. Are those fans even spending money? Are they doing things? You know, young progressive fans care about that stuff. And I feel like that's something they can look at. But unfortunately, the MLB is, for the most part, run by old white guys. And uh, they just don't care. So, you know. No offense to old white guys out there. Yeah. I don't think we have many of them in the audience anyway. (laughs) That's a younger crowd. Um, This also isn't the Yankees' first brush with a domestic violence situation. Uh, Based on what we know, I mean, Chapman's situation was pretty intense because he was accused of choking his I don't know if it was his girlfriend or his wife at the time and then a firearm was involved where he went out into his garage and fired eight shots uh, not at anyone uh, luckily still but discharging a firearm still pretty scary to have a, a firearm um, and I think it speaks even more that a team like the Yankees allows those things to happen. Like, I feel like maybe, maybe this situation wouldn't have happened if they would have addressed previous situations harsher. Because obviously these guys feel like they're above reproach. You know, like, oh, well, I'll get suspended a couple games. I'll, you know, whatever. It won't be that big a deal. I'll still make millions of dollars. And they don't really feel it, you know. But what do I know? Yeah, so... Chapman's uh, suspension happened uh, over, well, the incident happened over the winter, and then he missed the, uh, I think the first two months of the season or something like that. So he was pitching, uh, you know, into the playoffs. But, well, anyway, you know, that's Why are you so pissed off in the winter? Apparently. I mean, I guess guess it's cold, but this is chill time. (laughs) I'm assuming he lives someplace warm. Oh, yeah, that's true. I I would like to do that myself, but uh, my girlfriend, very, very feisty about staying uh, in the frigid state of Maine, which is technically below the Arctic Circle, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, So, yeah, so... I guess just uh, before we wrap, um, just to go over the the wild cards one last time, the A's uh, currently are up uh, into the first uh, slot. They're playing the uh, Rangers right now as we speak. And um, Tampa lost today, so they're going to still be behind. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Not doing a very good job of uh, delaying as I get my device ready. But um, but Cleveland uh, has a chance to tie the uh, Tampa Bay Rays if they could get a win today for that second spot. Oh, wow, so the, the A's are uh, two and a half games up, so that'll probably stay the way it is given that they're losing eight to two. So that's pretty substantial with only a week left to play. So it could very well come down to the Indians uh, and 
uh, Tampa on that side. Um, I think, I mean, if, like, we're being real, like, the A's are the front runners to not just make it, but win it, I would say. Yeah, unfortunately. I love and hate that one game wild card and really hope we don't have to play a 163 uh, with the Indians. I don't want to play it with anybody um, in general, I guess, because, I mean, one game, like, I love that a second team, like, has a has a chance, but it's just so... Uh, I wish it was a three-game series. Like, it seems no no other series in baseball is just one game, and that's just... that I don't know. It seems a lot to put on a team like that, but... Um, but yeah, definitely the A's. I feel like are, are going to be out there, and they're they're gritty, they're young, they're hungry. They've been, you know, they're trying to get a new stadium. I mean, they they have every reason to be to be amazing. I don't know why they're losing against the Astros right now, but I mean, I'm glad they are. The Astros. What am I saying? The Rangers. <laughs> the other sorry. Texas team. The other Texas team. Whatever. Yeah. But but yeah. So I don't know. It'll be a long road to hope for the Rays, but I really hope they at least get the opportunity. They deserve it. I just want the best team to make it is really what I want. And if Snell goes out there and blows everyone away tomorrow and and Glass now has another strong appearance and, and they look like they're more formidable, then I'm fine with that. The winner of this wild card game could potentially be facing the uh, New York Yankees who, let's see, they are tied. Well, actually... On percentage points, Cleveland has it. But they're essentially tied with the Astros for that top spot. I have no idea what the tiebreaker would be yeah. for the number one seed. I, I wouldn't think they would play a game over that and then screw up the pitching alignment. I don't know. Has that ever happened? It's probably going to come down to the season series, I yeah. think, yeah. is what would happen. That would make the most sense. But there's a possible for a tie for the one seed. And so I, I have getting back to the American League though. I mean, I'm I'm fine with Tampa, and even though they're a division rival, now that Madden's not there, now that <laughs> I hate to say this, but now that David Price isn't there, <laughs> thanks to my own damn team, they're they're a likable team, so I wouldn't have any issues with them making it and then going far. And then of course, I have a ton of. Uh, sentimental uh, whatever with the uh, Indians because Mm -hmm. of uh, the Francona connection and that's a very likable team as well so it'll be interesting to see what happens with their game tonight Uh, getting into we don't talk much National League um, baseball on here but the Cubs have fallen fallen to four games out of there so that's pretty much game set match the Brewers would have to completely fall on their face this week and then the Cubs would have to kind of figure it out and Mm -hmm. I can't see that happening Mm -hmm. so it's looking very much like a Brewers uh, a Brewers Nationals wildcard matchup there and the crazy thing is is they're within a half a game of each other so the Brewers have a chance to host the wildcard and then if you really want to hit the peace pipe the uh, (laughs) The Brewers aren't technically out of it for the division either. They could, they could. Looks like they're what two and a half games behind the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So um, they could still kind of pull the upset and and win the division. The crazy thing is, is they lost their MVP two or three weeks ago, yeah. Christian Yelich, and yeah. 
They're still steamrolling through everyone. Mm -hmm. That division is so interesting, too. Just They have the least amount of wins for every team. Like, St. Louis is winning with 89 wins. Yeah. You know? I think that might speak to the competitiveness of the division, though. Yeah. 20 games against each team, roughly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's probably going to be a little bit more parity there. But the National League is by far has a lot more depth than the American League. I mean, when we were making our season predictions, we thought it was going to be the Red Sox, A's, and and uh, I think a lot of you. I picked the Twins, so I had them in the division. But I think I picked the Indians. The Indians, I yeah. Think so. And but you know, two out of those three teams are definitely in it right now, mm -hmm. and and so it was a little more clear as far as what could uh, you know what could happen as far as the American League versus the National League. Yep, Indians and ooh, pick the Tigers to get second in that division. Horrible. They have been <laughs> they have been the worst. I can't believe they're the worst team in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I think they are. I don't know. It's between them and the um, and the Marlins. Or the Orioles. Maybe. Yeah, the Orioles. Yeah. yeah. Having a terrible season. Yeah. Yeah, so we're uh, coming to the home stretch here. Um, basically, I'm not sure if we're going to have a midweek show this week. If a major development happens, then we'll come on and, and discuss it. Um, but our next show could very well be September 30th, which will be a wild card preview um, for the, the two teams that do end up making it. And, um, and then we'll have an MLB series preview. And, of course, if Red Sox developments happen on or around those days, we will still continue to cover, you know, all of those Red Sox developments uh, in addition to the playoff coverage. So um, tentatively expect that, but uh, I think... Uh, I think we can call it a show. Any any thoughts that we might not have covered? Uh, no. I hope that the Rays win tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and that the Indians lose tonight. Yeah, the <laughs> Indians lose tonight. Yep. The Indians are playing the Phillies, and the pitching matchups are pretty even. So I think the Indians are home, so they have that going for them. But that's the uh, ESPN game uh, tonight, I believe. So. So anyway, uh, thanks uh, again. It was interesting to be in person here. I'm not sure when we'll do it again, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll happen. And uh, maybe even maybe a spring training thing because you and Jeremy are from Florida. So yeah, I tried to get Jeremy to uh, cross Alligator Alley to meet me in Fort Myers uh, or Port Charlotte because I happened to go to see the Red Sox were playing the Mets. And then the Rays were playing the Red Sox, so I happened to see him two days in a row. But uh, I even had an extra ticket, but uh, alas, he had family and husband and daddy duties, so he couldn't get away. But uh, maybe next year we can plan a little more in advance. Yes, and I would love to make a trip down there in March. You know, by that point, of course, I'm half Eskimo, you know, by the end of the winter. My blood's frozen and could use an early uh, thaw. And, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep my sunshine and palm trees. Oh, man. It's I, beautiful here. We, I, Terry mentioned the weather and it being warm today up here, but uh, for anyone listening to New England, enjoy it. I'm sure this is the last nice weekend. I am envious of basically a 12-month summer, and uh, heat yeah. doesn't bother me. But anyway, 
Uh, we'll uh, keep you updated on Twitter as far as the next show, but no later than uh, September 30th. And I, I bet we can probably make an excuse to record a podcast, so uh, we'll keep you in tune with that. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, take care. Have a good night.